Last week I was invited by Sambalpur IIM to talk at their TEDx event. It was a great experience, but my find was Zoya Lobo, a transgender woman who used to beg till 2019 and she had to find another source of work after the lockdown started. To our surprise, instead of giving in to this pressure, she found something that is inspiring for her and became India's first transgender woman who is a photojournalist. I can't tell you how inspired I am by Zoya and so many other speakers at that event. You know, to create a transformation to take charge of your life, we always think we require resources. But is that really true? because people who really want to do something they don't care and wait for resources they jump in and start their journey without anything backing it and then on their way because of their will their determination their willingness they find things that can inspire them our guest on the show today ashutosh kumar is an inspiration in his own right he is the ceo of this company which works with entrepreneurs to create the next billions called jagriti hi my name is aditi surana i'm a behavioral analyst a high performance coach and founder of india's only mental gym called apt the website is aptmentalgym.com ashutosh decided to solve this problem of not having right education system by creating a platform but the most fascinating part of his platform is that the platform was created in a moving train Jagriti Yatra is a project which created entrepreneurs, writers, thinkers, artists only because Ashutosh and his team created a platform for them to flourish, to learn and also go beyond their obvious limitations that the world sees. Without further ado, let me get this conversation started and next time you stand in your own way to give some excuse, remember Ashutosh and his story. Welcome to Absolutely Right Ashutosh. Thank you Aditi. Thanks for inviting me. It's a great pleasure to be here. I was thinking about your journey with Jagriti Express and the sheer logistical part of it sounds so daunting. It's 8000 kilometers, 15 days on the train and people not only get in but they get out, hop in, hop out like it's just how like how you guys manage this? Yeah, I mean the logistics are really crazy. It's uh, <laughs> completely insane because traveling for fifteen days, eight thousand kilometers with five hundred young people, you know, they are full of energies, full yeah. of josh to manage them, to manage the logistics. It becomes a uh, you know great act of balance for us. Uh, but yes, I mean the the logistics itself because we also have to deal with Indian railways. uh and as you can imagine the the railways are you know they are mammoth right they are the biggest employer across yeah. the globe so they have to run so many trains um throughout the day then they they have to also include our train in their schedule right and we have yeah. to keep on coordinating with them so so one part of the whole logistics is just managing the indian railways right that becomes <laughs> uh uh yeah. I mean, initially it was a nightmare. I must say, when we started the whole yeah. journey, because two thousand eight, two thousand eight, yes, right. because uh, we were new to this, and they were saying, "Ye kahan aa gaye? They are running a train, right?" So there was a clear lack of uh, trust. But over the years, now it has been fifteen years. So after I think six, seven years, when they saw us, every time we are coming, we are asking for the train, we are doing this journey. 
now they recognize us so there has been some um, easy uh, relationship that we have built with them but the other part is still running for 15 days 8000 kilometers taking care of the safety security health hygiene yeah. of all these 500 people is is a big task uh, the story there is in the beginning we uh, had a very tough time for the last for the first 3 to 4 years yeah when we ourselves were trying to understand a lot of things right uh, because this was completely new was never yeah. done uh, in this country so we were trying to create processes systems so it took us initial 5 6 years to to understand and to create all these systems and processes after that it slightly uh, uh, it, it started becoming slightly easier because we had these so called sops in place the only job then was to get the right set of volunteers and to train them in the beginning so every year what happens is before the yatra starts almost a month or two month before that we have this wonderful set of volunteers so they are the alumni of the yatra oh, they come yeah okay <laughs> so so that's the best part of the yatra we uh, don't have to go and look for you know people yeah. outside i'm getting goosebumps this is unbelievable it's just like you know the whole experience for somebody to pick up a task with a social objective in mind with so much it looks impossible if you look at it in that manner people may think about it and say my god this is too much to do we might as well drop the idea so what kept you guys going like it's not easy i know i have to talk about your handwriting but i'm so curious <laughs> i have to ask these questions <laughs> no honestly for us uh, for me i would say the first part is really the sheer adventure mm. of uh, you know this this program or this initiative yeah. i was sitting in a in a in a cubicle i that that's what i was doing before right? <laughs> right i was sitting in a cubicle doing this coding and yeah. debugging and all of that and versus now you know are you are traveling across this beautiful land uh, and that too in the company of these 500 people so the sheer adventure is something that gives us a lot of high right uh, then the second part is obviously the cause cause the mission behind it what we are trying to achieve through this train journey is also very pious and is is the need of the hour right because mm-hmm. as you see uh, that the whole demography of the india is on rise we have we are going to be the youngest nation on this earth very soon but yep. then there are no jobs right how do you engage these young people how do you give them purpose how do you give them employment and that's where we have been uh, saying that entrepreneurship is the only way unless a young person find some way to start an enterprise in his or her own locality mm. in his or her own city town district gaon jo bhi hai but you start an enterprise and that's how you try to uh, solve local Stay. problems at yeah. the same time you also bring money into the system so oh. so that that cause of entrepreneurship is also very very important and dear to us that's what keep us you know going year after year I have so many founders and entrepreneurs friends and in the last 12 years I've heard so many people telling me this Aditi you have to do this this is this is an experience of its own and in random places so you know we had to invite you on the show because when you hear something consistently about an experience from people it definitely means someone who has curated it the team who is behind it has thought through every bit of it so thank you so much for doing this to for all of us because these entrepreneurs are going to build tomorrow's india so on that note i'm going to talk about your handwriting for our listeners i asked uh, ashutosh to write a sample of his handwriting which is on an unruled blank paper a paragraph along with his signatures 
So when I look at your signature, the first thing that comes to my mind is the letter A and the letter K, which is Ashutosh and Kumar. So it's A and K, they are touching one another. So first thing is, is your name Ashutosh Kumar or is Ashutosh and Kumar represents your family name? Yeah, so Kumar is my family name. Okay. So I would say that your attachments to your folks, especially your mother, uh, like a very, very strong, like every time it's like an in, inseparable bond that you have. Uh, you are connected. Also, you argue a lot with one another because you have so much in common that is happening. But it is that bond that is a definitive part of who you are. And it has shaped you in so many ways. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Yep, I'm, I'm very close to my mother. She has been one of my kind of role models since I was growing. And there are a lot of things I have uh, learned from her, especially my love for literature, okay. especially Hindi literature. That is one very distinct thing I can remember okay. I, I received from her. Apart from other things, her you know compassion for the family, the way she was more giving mm. than receiving for the family. I mean, those are the traits of every mother. That's what I have seen. So yeah, you are right. I mean, I have been very, very close to her. Uh, I mean, till uh, obviously for the last six, seven years, she has been going through some health issues. But, uh, and, and we are trying to see how we can resolve. But yeah, I have been very, very close to her. Why I began the conversation? Because, you know, there are so many ways in which graphology speaks about our connection with our parents. Now, you could become this entrepreneurial or you could do this, you know, really absurd thing that most people won't do. Because at, at some level, you knew your family, especially your mom would understand and won't resist this idea or rather support this idea. Not only that, would feel proud of you. So all the practical challenges that you could have faced and could have dealt with or would have for that matter, you knew that the, the connection or that compassion, as you said, is valued way more in your, in your family than anything else. So you were not worried about their disapproval. And your only objective was to focus on what you wanted to do. And that's so powerful to have that as a support internally have you been socially more aware than others throughout uh yeah in many ways yes because see i the, the place i come from or the place where i grew uh, it was a, a small village in the beginning then obviously my father got shifted to a, a town kind of area because he got a good uh, job there so we shifted but there was a strong connection with my uh, my with my village a lot of my other relatives, my uncles, aunts, they still are from those rural parts of uh, UP and Bihar. So I have a strong connection and uh, that connection I kept alive even after I went for my studies or for my job and all. So, so just by maintaining that connection, I was very close to the, the reality, the reality mm. of India or Bharat as mm. we call it, right? What is happening there in these places? which is completely opposite to what is happening in places like these, the, the metros, Pune, Mumbai, these places, right? So somewhere that connectedness to the reality of the yeah. India, that actually triggered the social side of me, right? Because when you are there, you see the problem in front of you, yeah. then you start thinking about solution. What can I do to solve this social problem, right? Mm. So that's how I think my awareness started growing about the, the social problems. That's amazing. So one thing that I see very clearly is when you write your lowercase letter T, 
the horizontal line flies off on the right side that talks about impatience that talks about somebody who wants to do things right now and you wonder why people are taking so long and why can't they run at the pace that you're thinking and so so many ideas that you think of are so futuristic that probably people will take 5 or 7 years to reach there do you have you noticed that struggle in your own way of functioning <laughs> <laughs> oh that's very interesting first of all i uh, and obviously that can come only from you so yeah it's uh, interesting what you said there is a bit of impatience in me uh, not only with the with the professional work i am doing with with jagriti yatra and everything but even in the personal life i get impatient uh, a lot of time because you're right i think the people who are around me i struggle to sometimes think why they are not thinking like me i mean the way i am able to envisage something this is how yeah. it should go why they are not able to think so that creates this impatience in me yep. so so that is true but uh, yeah but then i have to also pull back a lot of time rather than being harsh on them or hard upon them true and and i think that's like the other part of it you're a great listener when i look at your lower case letter e it has an open loop in the in the tummy i always call it like e with a loop in its tummy that means that somebody who pays utmost attention to almost everything it's a sign of a keen observer but especially listening so if somebody is talking to you you would always read between the lines and they would wonder that oh how did you know this i never told you that fact but you would just observe and absorb so much and i'm sure after meeting so many people listening to their stories you built a very keen empathetic way of listening to people have you ever experienced where people walked up to you and said that talking to you has just resolved the problem that i was carrying for so many months in my mind yeah absolutely many a times i mean this is something what what i'm hearing is a is something i've heard so many times so many of the team members yeah they have come to me often in case of conflicts happening within the team between various members uh, i have to be pulled in so that at least i can listen to that right what are both the parties saying who are involved in the conflict forget about the resolution that's really the second step but first listening is important so you are right i mean i have been i mean there is a joke internally in the organization we have uh, you know couple of other co-founders as well of jagriti yatra yeah. so they say i am the mother of the organization and then <laughs> there is another co-founder which is father of the organization <laughs> well, his style is different yeah. my style is more of what you just described right yeah. listening being more empathetic and all so yeah. yeah like instead of saying what did you say to people what matters is what did you hear from them and how did you just make them feel heard and conveyed i think that's a great leadership lesson that all of us should always remind ourselves of like as a coach i'm trained to listen right so when in any conversation people are like oh you it's just like so nice to talk and i keep telling them no no it's a trained behavior it's not natural it's acquired i feel you have a natural skill of listening to people and paying attention that's really nice the the part that gets to you and if i have to talk about you know your triggers one of the triggers that you absolutely cannot stand you know you're otherwise a calm person you would deal with things with as much patience as possible at least when it comes to listening and dealing with other people if by any chance they become authoritative 
and start throwing their weight around that's the biggest trigger like it just brings out a defiant side of you and that people mostly aren't aware of they're like what happened he was just being so so calm and so normal suddenly you just get aggravated by somebody throwing attitude and that defiance especially with authoritative people or if someone is treating other people in an authoritative rude manner you just get triggered and you have to do something about it uncontrollable anger or i would say uncontrollable irritation with that yeah yeah true mother hota hai you are right and i can remember some of the incidents very clearly <laughs> where <laughs> i had behaved so i this was an incident where two of the team members uh and and i we were talking we were planning for some event that was going mm-hmm. to happen and obviously things were not going in the the way we wanted there was you know some deviations from the plan and i was trying to tell them uh that how we should bring it back on the track so that discussion was going and suddenly this member started saying something where he was trying to blame someone else very forcefully uh for for the for for why the things have not happened the way they should have right mm. so while i was talking to him that person I, and i was trying to find where have we i mean collectively we where have we gone wrong and how we can come back on the track this guy suddenly started you know blaming someone else and saying he was wrong and in a very so that got me so pissed off at in that moment i actually shouted at him which mm-hmm. is very rare of me i i usually don't shout or yeah, raise my voice ever but i i remember and this has happened very few time that's why i remember it very <laughs> okay uh, already yes. then yeah so i am just curious okay so when you thought about starting jagruti yatra what were your objectives like what was that one thing that you wanted to drive through this process like though it was an impact project definitely a social project but what was that kept you going because it's a stuff it's a, you know so difficult to do and it requires that level of will power to fight all the battles not one year like two years like year after year and you know you're going to walk into the grind every single year yeah true see i think couple of things that kept us driving aditi and one of uh the main grudges that we had the way education is imparted in today's society mm. if you just reflect the way all ha- all of us have been educated sitting in the four wall classroom yep it's not something we like uh, mm. right uh, and we we all have the the incidents the memories where we feel this should not happen in that way right so overall education sitting in a four wall classroom devoid from the the reality the 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 context out there is something we always felt is not the right rather how the education should be looked at you learn more from your peers rather mm-hmm. than learning from your teachers who are sitting on a high pedestal and giving you this preaching gyan mm-hmm. so how you can learn from others how you can learn from reality how you can venture out and see what is happening there and from that you can learn so that was one trigger point for us and this is what keeps us striving still that how we can give people young people of the country the real education right mm-hmm. and and yatra we as we have designed in a very experiential format you go mm-hmm. out you meet people you see the reality and you learn from that the second thing is also as i said entrepreneurship Mm-hmm. Uh, or we actually use a term udyamita for it because mm-hmm. we feel that udyamita has a much 
broader scope mm-hmm. than entrepreneurship, which is which in today's time is seen from a startup lens. So you're talking a, about entrepreneurial thinking. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So you you behave like an entrepreneur. You think like an entrepreneur, even if even you're if not you starting your own job, company. Even if you are like studying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that that thinking is very important, especially in today's generation, right? Mm. So that thinking we wanted to inculcate, and obviously, once that thinking is there, then you want to start your own business. Then comes other factors like market, mentorship, money, and all those elements. So, so that uh, that that need for entrepreneurship is something again, which is which keeps on driving. In two thousand eight, when we started, entrepreneurship was a very new term. in india mm-hmm. there were only few quarters uh, which were talking about entrepreneurship luckily now because of so many things like shark tank etc <laughs> entrepreneurship has come to your dining room or living mm-hmm. room rather right so you know about it but back then it was not there so so i think these are the two things which keeps on driving how do we get the right kind of education and how do we inspire more and more young people to become entrepreneur mm-hmm. right thinking to execution everything the third thing which drives us um, aditi is uh, again the fact that if you see the country on a whole there are mm-hmm. pockets which have received large doses of development especially mm-hmm. the metros right you find the ecosystem mm-hmm. but the moment you start going to tier 2 tier 3 the mm-hmm. ecosystem is missing right so how we can also shift the dialogue from these big cities to these smaller cities and towns that was our third agenda and that's why in the yatra what we consciously try to do is out of these 500 people we get almost 60 70% come from these smaller places oh nice we have to put extra effort in our outreach and uh, yeah. you know everything but yeah we we try our best to do that it's phenomenal like you know i every morning i wake up with this one objective i have decided to work towards is to make india mentally fit we run india's only mental gym and the the thought is no matter who you are and the content from english moved to hindi for the same logic and i was doing so so beautiful i do line art i do like wall murals and all of that so somebody in our community asked me to do an awareness wall art so i chose mental fitness and i was doing the art and what i didn't realize was so in, engrossed in it a person who was carrying like pushing a cart behind me just stood there and kept looking at that art and he i asked him what do you see so in hindi he told me that i see this confused person and that person looks like little sorted and he got it and i was so moved in the moment because non verbal like art reaches everybody yeah. and i said who tells us that mental fitness is meant only for people who can understand english is such a horrible way of looking at it like you should be able to convey it in the language in the dialect that people understand it but but that idea and when i hear you talk about it i feel you know that's like the next journey to be able to reach out the tier 2 tier 3 where people yeah. are willing to learn and and move forward absolutely i can tell you from my experience that you know the kind of hunger the kind of demand yeah. that is there in tier 2 tier 3 it is unimaginable right we have just set our eyes on these uh, mumbai yeah. delhi bangalore right but you see there is a vast landscape out there in tier 2 tier 3 and nobody is uh, daring yeah. to venture there yeah. right but my my i come from a marathi medium background so you know for till 10, standard 10th i couldn't speak english 
and when i started studying suddenly in english medium when i went to college it was such a struggle and then you just feel all that like it's almost like feeling like tier 2 person in an english environment because you just can't make sense of anything and that little struggle if i have to connect to and people i have met in my life who came from tier 2 tier 3 cities i feel it's just like you, as if you are lesser off is how the metros treat you but that's so not true and that that notion and that whole idea must change so i i can't yeah. agree more it's just like i yeah, feel so passionately all... about this me <laughs> yeah, on the train what happens is very interesting that you know when when these 500 people come together there are some from the rural part some from urban even some come from foreign countries right mm. so when they come on the train for the initial 2 3 days this person who is coming from delhi bangalore he hawks the whole conversation right because yeah. he feels that i have the right knowledge i have the right pedigree and everything so he talks 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 this guy from the rural area is silent just listening to this guy then after 3 4 days suddenly this person from that rural background he gets confidence right he maybe bol sakta hu right and when this person starts speaking because <laughs> that comes from the real experience right, right. what he is doing and then this guy shuts down okay you <laughs> bolie so this is actually how how learning happens what you said peer to peer learning is very yeah. understand that every person no matter how he appears to be has value in so many ways so have you met the mother hens Yes, those people who take unnecessary responsibilities of others on their head and then keep feeling under and keep feeling tired under the weight of it. And if you tell them if you can't handle it, say no. But they say no, 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 no. I cannot do it because that is the image I have created. They would never say that, but you know what I mean. They actually feel this way that I have created this image of being this helpful, kind, and loving person, and at no cost I can go beyond or against the image that I have built because that means people will not ever trust my kind and generous self. Now, my friend, there's a problem there. If you have a stroke in your writing that talks about your unnecessary desire to take other people's responsibilities on your head then know that it is not about you being such a nice person but it's about you not knowing how to work with people when they do not give you any space the stroke in the writing is a long tail that you form before you start letters like s s for sugar that swan like formation that people make with a thread of a stroke that starts way before you actually start writing the first letter when people have the stroke in their writing then technically unknowingly what they are trying to do trying to fix here is their lack of feeling loved accepted and celebrated the seeking validation and this is really sad and important to remember that underneath every attention seeking behavior there is lack of attention from within or lack of validation from within so people like these when they grow up they think the work can compensate money can compensate and approval can compensate and appraisal can compensate and they keep finding different ways in which this problem will be solved but sometimes every problem is not as complicated as we try to make them isn't it on that note let's get back to our conversation with ashutosh so over to you ashutosh what questions you have for me yeah i mean see one question i have is that you know in the post covid world i mean we have gone through the trauma of this two years of more than two years of covid uh 
you know, a lot of things have changed. Our perceptions, our definitions, a lot of things have been changing. How leadership is going to then change in the post-COVID world, right? What is the future of leadership? So I used to, I recently wrote a post on LinkedIn about it. Like I said, the future of leadership doesn't require you. Future of work doesn't require you because we are also becoming redundant. You're becoming like people who can be replaced by any technology like all the ideas that you wanted in office, you know, all the amenities now it's gone. Like people can just look at a screen and can work from anywhere. So all the things that people gave importance to, including an authoritative person guiding them to, to do exactly what they're supposed to do is gone. I feel the new norm is you only hold people accountable to the impact that they create. And as a leader, your job is a lot to do with what can you support the person with? Because they will have three careers minimum. They will have a social media channel for that matter, have some other hobby career and the job. So holding people responsible for their time has gone out of the window. Only you can hold them accountable for the result and the impact created. That requires a very evolved way of looking at leadership, which means you've got to mold yourself as per the person. And you know, initially we used to say customer is the king. Now I yeah. feel your team member is the king. You got to really be very, very careful in the way you deal with them. So many times I find when I talk to my team members, as if I'm talking to my client who I coach. Otherwise you had like a coach voice and then you had like a, you know, whatever, boss employer voice. Now it's gone. It sounds like a coach voice everywhere because the very moment you're not saying, speaking to people in an empathetic manner or not giving them the space to grow, they just diminish or they disappear. And the number of choices out there are so high. You can't force people use fear or any greed for that matter to hold them after a point. They will find better solutions. So I feel the only reason people will grow with you, work with you is inspiration to be with you. Hmm. Is alignment with the, the larger impact that you want to create and willingness to find their excellence where they feel they're growing every now and then which makes our job as leaders extremely difficult because now we are not only creating a platform as basic minimum, we're also creating growth opportunities internally and externally. So, Yeah, interesting. No, you, you mentioned about uh, inspiration and that's where my second question was. Ki, you know, we, all of us have our down moments, right? As a, as a person who is leading this organization, I have my down moments many a times. Mm -hmm. How do you then bring your uh, inspiration back, right? When you go into these moments of despair or, or, or down, how do you get yourself uh, back? So one is natural internal inspiration that should happen. But, you know, like that's a technical way, how I feel inspired at large. But I personally believe how about creating an environment that inspires you, especially on those days where you're not feeling inspired. For example, in my office, I have these uh, photographs of Carl Jung in his office, uh, Coco Chanel doing the dresses. She was such a revolutionary of her time to be able to do that. Maya Angelou in writing poems. So all these people completely engrossed in what they're doing. Something that brings them into the flow state or something where they are at their point, like highest point of performance. If they're surrounding me and sometimes when I feel low, you know, subconsciously, you know, these people are sitting there and you'll end up knowing that this is where you want to go. Or like areas of people or conversations or community that you become part of, 
who constantly speak vulnerability about vulnerability about their journeys it's not only about how cool i am and how great i am but they speak oh i had like this challenge and this is how i resolved it i feel problem solving inspires most of us we love finding meaning in solving problems but not always we get to solve newer problems so i feel the podcast that we do we started the podcast because i realized that as a as a coach i talk to people senior people but not week on week you get to work or talk to people who are extremely inspiring so when we started the podcast we started calling all the people i wanted to feel inspired by so that you continue to push yourself on the edge so you feel more inspired you just like you know by osmosis you have that feeling of that their inspiration and their passion brushes over you and vice versa but that effort on a regular basis i feel is extremely important so inspiration cannot be found when you fall down in one moment of feeling completely yeah. lost it is an environment that you create internally and externally to stay and recharge yourself when everything is going well is where you create your new learning curves yeah wonderful uh, the other question aditi is more tactical see in a in any organization where it grows the leader he slowly he or she slowly starts going up 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 uh, right as the organization expands so if i take example of mine we started with a six to seven member that small was the team now we have got almost 50 people right then it will become hundreds and so so how does the leader how can the leader ensure that he or she isn't you know connect with everyone in the organization right because there is a normal hierarchy that we follow we have got managers ye wo and then you right this is the line of command but obviously we have to now look at it in a very different way so the question is the how as a leader i can keep my connections alive with every person in the organization after some time it's going to be difficult for you to keep that one on one connect with each person and as you grow bigger and bigger which will happen in no time and the personal connect might not work but the the ideology and having you know constantly creating reminders and having that in your organizational culture will work as the way of connecting with them so it's not what we tell it's what we we become right what we show so if people see you and and you have done this several times you have been the listener and then you don't have to tell people that they have to listen to their team members because you are the one when they see you listen they look at you and they observe you closely and then they go ahead and implement things in their lives so it's a lot to do with the culture that you said because you won't be able to build connections after a point but that doesn't mean people cannot connect with you because mm. one thing social media has taught me or content creation has taught me that when you're genuinely interested in in re- reaching out and being part of other people's solution not problem solutions they sense it and then when they are in need they reach out so as long as you are there to be there with them in their hour of need most of the time the connections are much stronger and that can be done so beautifully by creating regular newsletters or re- regular messaging that goes out because people have to know the ethos that your you and your organization represent and that's how the connections will be built but i believe communication and reminders of that reg- on a regular basis will build that it won't happen one fine day or through one of the activities yeah now one uh, uh, word you use is very interesting culture 
right now with culture i always feel that it's the most important thing to do but it's also the most difficult one to do you know so so my and, and now since the organization is growing as i said now we are 50 then will become 100 and so so it's important for us to instill the the right culture right from the beginning by like what are some of the things to your uh, mind or to your assessment should the leader be doing to ensure the right culture percolates through the entire organization i have a question reverse question on this like for jagruti yatra what you have done is built a culture every person who is part of the yatra even once in their lifetime talks about it and that one experience is transformed and he has carried that he or her in their hearts to be able to replicate that experience for their teams and their families and their communities so that's culture how different is it for yatra versus a team probably that it happens for 15 days and here it happens for all 12 months it's the same thing right right yeah that's interesting way to look yeah because yeah, what so i just told you right now you know i was struggling with it, like you know getting my team involved to be able to be as empathetic towards each person we were speaking with the way i feel as a, as a as a coach right so i was like struggling for that cultural implication and then i said but when i talk to a client what what happens there which is different than working with a team then i started comparing the notes and i started behaving in a similar manner i can't say same but similar manner and then i found our community manager speaking with equal passion and empathy independently she didn't even know i was on the call on the zoom call she was just answering the question and that was such a moment of pride because not only she absorbed it she translated it in her style and just made it her own that's this is where you know where people have forgotten you is where the culture has taken over so yeah. probably you have to become a leader who creates that and then just you know that culture becomes way stronger that you become redundant and i feel that's success that's absolutely success for us no i think that this is uh, the this last uh, uh, discussion on the culture is very interesting right i mean i have never thought in that way as you said in the yatra for the last 15 years handling 500 people every time in a way we have been setting this culture now that's what we also need to bring in the team right Absolutely. so that's the simplest way to do it yeah Great. and you are a master of it like you have designed that you have you know applied so many small little exercises every now and then for people to experience that obviously that is an intense curated experience but it's the same thing yeah one of my meditation teachers said something really powerful many years ago he said aditi every plant knows how to grow every river knows how to flow every human being knows how to solve their problems but most of the time people either stand in their own ways or they're kept in an environment where they can't grow that one line that every plant knows how to grow stayed in my mind forever so many times when i see people stuck not willing to move or unable to solve the problem i am reminded of his line because i keep focusing on the fact that every single person who has willingness and ability to learn can actually take their journey to the next level if let me remind you if they pay attention to this simple idea that plants know how to grow now why am i saying this in our coach the coach segment is because 
when you're coaching people when you approach them when you look at them with this look on your face that why they're not getting it why they're not interested and become judgmental then you are feeding into their inability to grow but when you walk into the situation or connect with them knowing that they can grow they feel that environment so as a leader as a mentor as a coach your job is not to fix their problem but actually make sure that you create an environment in which they can step up to solve their own problems you know we all remember those teachers who genuinely made sure that we learn a difficult subject or that friend who made sure that we rehearse for our tough times or that one sister or sibling who was there with us when we had no clue how to build things now all these people i'm mentioning built environments for me so that i could grow beyond my own limitation so you got to be a coach a leader a companion and a guide like that who would make sure that the person we are talking to knows that he or she can find ways to grow i know it sounds a bit theoretical but just pause and think about it what kind of inspired environment will create if people actually know that they will be heard they will feel safe and they need to find their own growth path so let's i want to talk about two points one is the alumni who are part of jagriti what do they do now and how do you like is there anything that they are growing and how do you cultivate that community further yeah so uh, the alumni who have come out of the yatra they are obviously on their own path everybody has chosen their own path many of them almost our last assessment says that 28% of them have chosen to become entrepreneurs okay. so they went ahead and started something on their own the rest of them are still trying to be wherever they are so many of them are students many of them continues with their professional work uh, but yes everybody is i think waiting for that moment where they can take the leap of faith okay. uh, which is fine matlab we obviously the expectation was never ki you get off the train and then you become an entrepreneur <laughs> you start a business right then no that was yeah yeah so and that's what they are doing but the beautiful part of this community or the network which is now almost 7000 plus strong wow is that they are you know in touch with each other they are connected to each other and they are supporting each other and we have created some forums to facilitate that exchange uh, between these alumni so we have some online forums we have some offline there city based chapters nice. that we have created where alumni come together they have a good time but they also take up some meaningful work which they can do in their own communities so that's how this uh, network is flourishing and we have some more ideas in future how to make it better how we can further connect them with each other so yeah there are some plans and if somebody wants to be a part of this jagrati yatra what are the prerequisite what are the things that they must do and where do they find that so see the, the first of all there's age uh, thing so you have to be above 20 years that's the only thing now beyond that we really don't ask for any academic qualification professional background or anything right we had in the past uh, people coming who were illiterate mm. right? who had traveled okay. on the train but they have done something fabulous in their own villages oh, nice. we, we had this uh, gram pradhans the village heads coming on the train so all sort of people come on the train so hence what we try to see in their application is how much you know fire they have inside them to bring some change right and uh, as you rightly said the entrepreneurship is not only just starting a business it's a thinking right so we want to see that thinking in that person so we ask them to fill up a form there are some essay kind of questions they have to write and from that we try to assess their capability and their passion for entrepreneurship in some cases we also do telephonic interviews because not many people are able to write well in these forms right but they they can speak they can articulate better in a verbal fashion so वैसे करके that's how we uh, select these people and how can people keep in touch or how can they apply when is the next one happening now The next one is in December. Uh, every year starts on twenty fourth of December, okay. uh, the Christmas Eve, and uh, 
then it goes on till 8th of january so 15 days uh, yeah so the applications are have started uh, one can go to the website jagratiyatra.com and they can apply there thank you thank you i think if anybody is willing to learn and take their journey to the next level or experience how entrepreneurship can contribute to them and their community this experience is highly recommended by most of my friends i'm also going to check out the link i'm so curious so uh, ashitosh on that note what are the three things only ashitosh can teach us what are those three hacks and lessons that you have learned through your journey with jagrati yatra and other other adventures of life yeah See, the first one i i i have learned is you know there is a sweet spot in your life which i believe is somewhere between 20 and 30 year right now this is a sweet spot because you are you don't have so much of responsibilities upon you you don't have liabilities in most cases i'm talking about right so this is the period of your life when you should really experiment mm-hmm. you should not tread the conventional path ki main ja ke kahi naukri kar lu ya you know those things just just do whatever you want to do experiment with with things right Got so it. that is yeah that is one part that i that i have tried because when uh, after graduating from college i went for corporate life for one year but usme samajh mein aa gaya this is not my way right <laughs> so then so then i started experimenting and that's how the yatra happened okay. so that is one thing i seriously suggest every young person those 10 years give it to experimentation right and hoga kya you have nothing to lose right even if nothing happens you can always go back to some job and you can earn for you and your family right so that's one the second thing is uh, again don't educate yourself only through books uh, or sitting in a classroom there is a much better way to educate yourself which is by stepping out going out into the real india in the real context by interacting with uh, people right do that mm-hmm. do spare a good uh, years of your life maybe one year two year travel be out into the hinterlands meet people and try to learn in that way not just through classroom third thing i have learned in my journey is uh, we should trust people uh, people more often mm-hmm. because what i find is and i don't know whether it's a human tendency or what that our first instinct is not to trust anyone mm. especially if a stranger comes to us right mm. we starts doubting why is he or she coming to me what is this mm. ulterior motives and all that right but i think our first instinct should be to trust anyone right and that will solve a lot of problems believe me i mean the lack of trust is i believe is one of the main reason we are seeing so many problems around so trust give a chance if it does not work out then you have all the time to distrust right but start with that position of trust so these are three things i would like to share I think these can come only from a person who has lived his life on the edge and made sure that you have made the most of every experiment that you set out for. I know we are at the end of the show, but I have to ask you this question: Is there any moment on Jagrati Yatra where you paused, you looked at the the whole journey, and you said this was worth all the effort? Yeah, there have been many moments. In fact, I think the best moments come when I meet uh, some of these alumni uh-huh. uh, who are doing some fantastic work, right? I mean, there are there are hundreds of such stories, but when I personally go and meet someone. uh in, in their yeah. context yeah. yeah in their place yeah. what they are doing i mean that gives me so much of joy and uh, so much of happiness yes whatever time i have spent in building this jagrati yatra is totally totally worth it right give us an example something that just stayed with you uh so yeah i mean there is the story of a young person who comes from uh, a village nearby gurgaon right and this person is is his name is amit kataria uh, right from childhood i mean he had this uh, he he walks on crutches right Okay. So when he applied for the yatra, uh, he did mention in the form that I have to use crutches, and I uh, and all of us actually we were very skeptical because yatra is very hectic, right? Fifteen mm. days you have to get off the train, get on the train, buses and everything. So how is this person going to manage? So we actually reached out to him and we told him, "Ki just think over it again. Will you be able to manage this uh, this yatra?" And he said very confidently, "I will be. I don't need any support from anyone. Maybe there might be one or two instances where other uh, co travelers, the yatris, can help me." Yeah. And believe me, he came. He was selected. and he did the yatra and at no point we were even aware that you know this person is on the train oh he was God. doing things on his own the, but the beauty of 
him coming on the train was that he learned so much from the yatra he got a wonderful network and with this network he went back to his village nearby haryana and he started computer training centers there um, okay. and uh, i mean just try to picture this village i mean since wow. you come from a similar background so there was nobody had learned computer in that village right it was a completely new but he somehow got arranged the, all the resources the computers everything he set up a small center and he started coaching people so first time when he invited me there to see what he's doing and i went there and uh, you know there were these local uh, villagers who had come and they were learning computer and everything and they were so happy so 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 i mean that was the moment for me i said man if i would have said no amit you can't come because i feel you are not capable to come on the yatra physically capable right i would have done such a a uh, big blunder. Uh, yeah blunder the service to humanity right yep. imagine this person coming learning something getting some network and doing such fantastic work back in his community so these are the moments that keep our belief alive and thank gives us a lot of joy yeah thank you so much you and your co-founder both i just can't believe that this you know as few people can transform the world this is something that we believe right like one person's vision can change the way the world works and i think you guys are doing your bit and thank you so much this is so inspiring i am going to like smile ear to your whole day now thinking about all that you have shared thank you thank you so much no thank you wonderful thank you for being part of the show but thank you so much for doing the work that you do it's phenomenal no no wonderful great and and thanks for this session i think as i was telling you yesterday uh this is the first time i mean somebody was going to analyze my handwriting and tell me how i am so i was a bit skeptical how can somebody do that though i'd heard about it but uh, it's very you know mostly people think it's like future predictive or like you know mystical it's not it's mathematical because all of us at the end are very mathematical right we have some patterns and some bunch of behaviors that we practice over and over again they're so predictable then the handwriting not only handwriting any micro choice so if you're eating food if you eat your favorite thing first or last it's a micro choice we don't realize but if somebody studies only people eating food they can do personality assessment looking at the way you serve the food eat the food is same thing so handwriting is a micro choice that skips your conscious control and that's why it is honest and it talks about your behavior so it's, it's that mathematical yeah yeah exactly and what did what you said about me my personality and everything that was completely to the mark so uh, <laughs> i want to explore more about this i mean this is very interesting yeah thank you so much for joining me one more time on the absolutely right podcast india's only podcast show that is based on graphology and leadership now before i say goodbye today i want to remind you that in two weeks we are changing the complete avatar of the absolutely right podcast i want you to tell me what would you like to change about the show and next week we are doing a listener special show the recording of it will happen by monday so in case you're interested if you would like me to look at your handwriting or talk about your life or answer your questions then do write to us our email id is write w r i t at aditisurana.com simple write at aditisurana.com i really would love to analyze your writing talk to you get to know you because our listeners have been such a crucial part of this journey they have not only taught us things that we otherwise couldn't have learned they also became the reason why i wake up every week to solve the problem with one more guest one more solution and one more hack that they present so do let me know and i will see you next week with one more episode of the absolutely right podcast till then happy writing Thank you.